And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Leading the news tonight, of course, is the not-so-shocking decision by the Colorado Supreme Court overturning uh, a decision by the lower court uh, and, in essence, banning President Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado. Uh, they based this ruling on the false assertion that Trump participated in an insurrection. Of course, there is no legal finding or conviction of that. This is purely a political decision, nothing less than election interference writ large. Uh, the idea that Trump's campaign was rocked by this or taken by surprise is entirely false. Uh, this was an expected move when uh, the Colorado lower court, uh, headed by a hostile judge, uh, ruled essentially in Trump's favor, saying, however, that he had participated in an insurrection. They based that on the deeply flawed January 6th committee report, which isn't worth the paper it's printed on, uh, an all-hostile committee uh, with no Trump supporters on it, uh, the second greatest hoax uh, on the American people, well, since the Warren Commission. Uh, but the judge ruled that uh, Trump did not meet the class of federal official who uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, referred to. The Trump team will immediately file, if they have not already, an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, and the key thing to remember here is that the Colorado Supreme Court's decision is stayed until January 4th, 2024. That's when the ballots for the uh, Colorado Republican primary will be printed. So in effect, uh, the result of this is a toothless ruling. And as of today, well, President Trump's name remains on the ballot. The only way for the president's name to be taken off the ballot would be for the Supreme Court to decline to take Trump's appeal or if it affirms the Colorado decision. Both of those are uh, uh, unlikely. Uh, in a 4-3 ruling, the Supreme Court issued a precedent-breaking decision that represents, in my opinion, an outright suspension of President Trump's right to due process. Now, we should remember that every judge on the Colorado Supreme Court is a Democrat. Every one of them was appointed by a Democrat governor. However, the court uh, decided this on a 4-3 margin. Reading the dissenting opinions, uh, of those who did not agree is informative, to say the least. Uh, Judge uh, Samor, uh, in the minority, said uh, in their dissent, I've been involved in the justice system for 33 years now, and what took place here doesn't resemble anything I've seen in a courtroom. Uh, as I said earlier, the lower court disagreed with the idea that Trump should be removed from the ballot. 
We've seen similar ballot challenge cases in Michigan, Minnesota, Rhode Island, Arizona, New Hampshire, and Florida. Trump has prevailed at the trial court level uh, in all of those. The Michigan decision actually went to their Supreme Court, where the lower court decision not to ban Trump from the ballot was upheld. Uh, this Colorado case is fueled by the Democrat-aligned, Soros-funded activist group, Crew. Crew is uh, headed de facto by Democratic activist Norm Eisen. You remember him. He was deeply involved in the Russian collusion hoax, deeply involved in the two phony uh, impeachments of Donald Trump, deeply involved in the heist of the last election. This is not some nonpartisan operation. Uh, it is interesting that the uh, 14th Amendment case designed to keep Trump off the ballot is really designed to help the fact that, uh, well, Joe Biden's not looking so good in the polls right now. Uh, more important, however, let's look at the uh, response to the other leading candidates. First, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy responds to this uh, shocking decision. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed-out husk of what the country was built on, the basic principle that we the people select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Tr Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with a spine for our country's future. That's really what's at stake. Whether we the people actually have a say in deciding who leads this country. Yes, it would be easier for other Republicans like me who are running in this race to say, hey, if Trump is sidelined, there's our opportunity. No doubt other candidates are probably privately celebrating with their corporate sponsors. That's not the right thing to do. I think the most useful thing that every GOP candidate can do right now is to join me in that pledge. I'll say that I will withdraw from that Colorado GOP primary ballot until Trump's name is restored. This belongs to the people, not to the unelected Democratic cabal of judges in Colorado or any other state. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing or else they're complicit in what this security state is trying to do to shut down Trump. I stand by that and I expect them to do the right thing. That was Vivek Ramaswamy. Now let's take a look at the response of uh, my own governor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And real quick, fellow GOP 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy saying he will remove himself from the Colorado ballot unless Trump's eligibility is restored. Would you do the same? No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court, but I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states, and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. But I do anticipate that that decision was political and will get reversed. All right, so Governor Ron DeSantis. 
so you see uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, as opposed to Vivak Ramaswamy, thinks there's an opening. Let's be very clear. Uh, Donald Trump has not been convicted of the crime of insurrection or sedition. This decision is a clear violation of not only his rights, but the rights of the people of Colorado to vote for them. Does anyone really think that any of these legal actions would have been filed if Donald Trump were trailing in the polls, if he wasn't leading by massive double digits for the Republican nomination and leading Joe Biden uh, in virtually every swing state as well as nationally? Uh, this is clearly meant to prop, to prop up the failing Biden campaign. And Joe Biden basically uh, admits it. Let's take a look at this. From an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think so certainly it's self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. And no question about it. None. Zero. And... Uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway. Uh, there you have it. Joe Biden refusing to deny what is clearly a power play by his own campaign and his own supporters to keep Trump off the ballot. Uh, they may have gotten more than they wished for. I think the Supreme Court is going to overturn this flawed decision. We have already seen uh, this go to the courts in Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Rhode Island, uh, Arizona, New Hampshire, uh, and Florida, where it either failed at the trial court level or in the case of Michigan, where it even went to the state Supreme Court and failed there. It is nothing less than election interference. All right. Uh, one of the things that has shocked me uh, has been the level of anti-Semitism and radicalism on the U.S. campuses. Uh, it seems like uh, things I have seen uh, were unthinkable only a few years ago. Sloan Rockmuth is the president of Education First Alliance, a political action committee based in North Carolina, which is committed to putting America First candidates into office uh, at all levels of government. Uh, Sloan's work uh, in North Carolina has recently led to the passage of bills that stop boys from playing girls' sports stop teachers from sexually grooming school children, and end the predatory practice of child sterilization and mutilation. Uh, Sloan Rackmuth has uh, written for The Federalist and The Daily Wire uh, about the subject of terrorist recruitment and anti-Semitism on the American campuses. She herself is an undergraduate at Harvard University. Uh, I'm pleased to have Sloan Rockmuth join us now. Thank you, Mr. Stone. Wonderful to be here this evening. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this uh, on short notice. Uh, I did go uh, read uh, some of the great stuff that you have produced for The Federalist. And of course, uh, you were highly recommended by a great friend of the Stone Zone. Uh, that would be uh, Pastor uh, Daryl Scott, uh, a great man and one of President Trump's key political and spiritual advisors. So I'm glad you could give us the time. Uh, Sloan, uh, what explains this tsunami uh, of anti-Semitism on the American campuses? Uh, I admit to you that it, it takes me by surprise. It is very surprising. And I think if there's a silver lining out of this whole dark period in recent American history is that the rank and file uh, American is as shocked as you are. They're looking around and saying, where did this hate come from? But underneath this, uh, we have seen, if you can imagine an iceberg, 
what has been brewing underneath for more than 20 years is uh, CRT, critical race theory, and DEI. And it has really come to a head in the last three years. And and what it does is it, it, it really, on the surface, it pits uh, each race class against one another. So white males have been the target, straight white males, Christians, and Jews are especially the target uh, of all of this hate. And so we have seen, uh, you know, also immigration policies have brought this on. When Obama came into power, his policies went uh, pretty aggressively to recruiting those from terror-stricken nations who are, are trained and, and kind of bred to to hate Jews from a very young age. So I think it's a, a combination of those two things and now we're seeing the um, the very dangerous effect of those. Uh, I, I want you to speak to some of your activities uh, in the state uh, where uh, you actually worked very aggressively for the passage of bills to stop boys from playing in girls' sports. I, I can't even believe that we're debating this, to be honest with you. Uh, you've seen President Trump say that. I agree with him. A few years ago, this would be unthinkable. Yet, if you go out and say that in any public forum, you'll be attacked as some kind of bigot, as if something is wrong with you. Tell us about that particular fight. Well, luckily, uh, the folks that have been fighting arm in arm with me happen to be members of the, the gay and trans community who also agree that, you know, uh, fair is fair and that there is a biological difference between boys and girls. And so my organization and me in particular covered one of the only uh, high school cases where a girl, and in this case, a, a female volleyball player was spiked in the face by a male player and to this day has severe damage uh, to her face, including paralysis. So we covered that case uh, and we were really the moving spirit behind the law that finally protects girls and really prevents them from being a spectator in their own sport. But I can't believe we're having this conversation. And people ask me all the time, why are we having to make a law that's on the face of it, stupid. One simple reason, Democrats, that's why. Yeah, I think that's a that's an excellent answer. Uh, so you reference the fact that CRT uh, and DEI uh, have really uh, been the cause of this radicalization uh, and anti-Semitism uh, on the campuses. Can you uh, expand on that a little bit? Well, in the world of DEI and critical race theory, there are only two kinds of people. That would be the oppressed and the oppressors. And if you do not fit in the category that is the uh, oppressed, then you are dead meat. Um, and again, that combined with uh, immigration policies in some, some areas on college campuses really um, bring out the worst of the worst of these haters who it's always been below the surface, but they bring it out. Let me give you an example. University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. We had three days after the horrific massacre in Israel, three days after a student group, a Palestinian group by the name of Students for Justice in Palestine, sent out invitations to a demonstration with paragliders on the cover of the invitation. And as you know, Paragliders came in, uh, these terrorists, and killed innocent teens and young adults at this music festival. Anyway, during the festival, and I'm not joking, demonstrators said, we are Hamas. 
and proceeded to call for the death of Jews. So this is coming from a climate on our university campuses where people who are doing these types of things, they do not receive punishment at all whatsoever. But then on the other hand, you have at the same campus, young men who are her scholars who are allegedly not being given due process when accused of wrongdoing. So there's a, a double standard here. Jews are in the crosshair because, you know, not only are they white, but they're also Jewish. And it's kind of a double helping of, um, I guess, oppressor. And really, there's been no repercussions of this. We haven't seen it at Harvard, uh, my alma mater, or MIT, or Penn, or UNC here in a red state where you would think there would be repercussions and, you know, there'd be prompt action. We're just not seeing it. Uh, you are a Harvard uh, undergraduate. Uh, what was your reaction to the hearing uh, in which uh, New York upstate Congresswoman Elise Stefanik essentially, I think, very effectively confronted uh, three university presidents, including the president of Harvard, regarding the anti-Semitism on their campuses? What was your reaction to that hearing? Well, that did surprise me. I was absolutely shocked. I mean, these were three uh, chancellors who were lawyer prepared, by the way. And if that's the best that their legal teams can do to fend off aggressive Title VI actions that are coming, um, then they really need to get new lawyers. Look, if you don't know that death to Jews uh, is offensive, not only offensive, but could really rob Jewish students of their 14th Amendment rights to pursue their education, un unfettered education, then, you know, you're really, a, you're, you don't have any business leading um, a university. And they circle the wagons we see on the left. I mean, I, I definitely predicted that, particularly, um, you know, with a woman of color, I, I definitely saw this coming where no matter what she said or what she did, um, we would, Jews and, and others, we would seemingly be blamed for her ineptness and essentially for our own victimization here. Okay, uh, Sloan, I want you to stay right there. We're going to take a quick commercial break here uh, in a moment. First, I want to remind folks that if you're doing your Christmas shopping and you want to get your very own Roger Stone, well, you can go to stonezone.com. This, of course, uh, is a stone to which I have signed my name in fulfillment to the white stone prophecy in the Bible. No, actually, it's just a paperweight, but you can go get one for Christmas. It's a great stocking stuffer. Go to stonezone.com. We're going to be right back with Sloan Rockmuth from the president of the Education First Alliance after this brief commercial break.
I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98, or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com So, folks, uh, please, you've heard me say it uh, again, uh, but I repeat it. Please uh, go to MyPillow.com, and when you do, use promo code STONE. Uh, this is where you can do all of your Christmas shopping. Uh, whether it is the MyPillow dog beds or the MyPillow pet blankets, uh, whether it is the all-season slippers, uh, the revolutionary new MyPillow 2.0 with the built-in cooling technology, uh, whether it is the towel sets that Mike Lindell just told you about the special on, or the men and women's bathrobes, uh, many, many great products. Uh, we can still get them to you by Christmas. Uh, and now, for a short time only, we have free shipping uh, for your entire Christmas order. So please go to MyPillow.com. And when you do, don't forget to use promo code STONE. 
Uh, this way you can help Mike Lindell, the country's leading advocate for free speech and election integrity. Uh, you can help us here at frankspeech.com and Lindell TV One, where you're watching this show. And you can help us right here at the Stone Zone. So please, once again, go to mypillow.com or dial 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939 to place your Christmas order today. God bless you. All right, we return with Sloan Rockmuth, who is the president of the Education First Alliance, a North Carolina-based political action committee. Uh, she's an extraordinarily effective activist. Uh, we're talking about the question of campus anti-Semitism. Uh, Sloan, let me ask you, uh, you went to Harvard. That's prestigious. Uh, do you think that the atmosphere uh, on the campuses today is radically different than the time that you were there? Totally different, completely different. I did not experience anti-Semitism at all. I graduated back in 2007, didn't have a problem. Um, my husband's Israeli, actually, and, and um, he also went to Harvard, didn't have a, a problem at all. Of course, there were, um, you know, anti-Israel demonstrations or, or speeches from time to time. You know, that's a college campus and people have a right, obviously, to disagree with the government of Israel. I'll tell you, I think the the turning point really was the election of Obama. Um, I, you know, maybe this was going on under the campus, I, I, under the, you know, surface of the campus. I really didn't see it. But um, it, it just seems like when Obama came into office, he ushered in the boycott, divestment and sanction movement, BDS movement, even within my own Jewish community. Um, and we started seeing a massive uptick almost right away of, of these demonstrations that went from criticizing the government of Israel to wanting Jews wiped out. So it's been going on for quite a while in some of these schools. Uh, what I don't really understand here is um, the policy of the current administration. We're ostensibly supporting our long-term ally, Israel, but at the same time, we seem to be unfreezing literally billions of dollars of assets uh, for Iran, as if we don't know that the Iranians are the chief sponsors of both Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, and we seem to be taking Iran's word for it that not just the six billion that was unfrozen earlier, but now a hundred billion that is being unfrozen, that these uh, funds will be used strictly for humanitarian or non-military or non-terrorist purposes. We only recently learned that $100 million that was supposed to be dedicated to humanitarian relief uh, for uh, the people in Gaza uh, was in fact hijacked and used to fund further acts of terrorism. Uh, is, the, is the current administration, are they schizophrenic uh, or are they in fact so worried about Muslim voters in the United States that they are ripping that party, uh, the party who under Harry Truman essentially sponsored uh, the formation, the foundation of the state of Israel from its historic moorings uh, in an effort to chase Muslim votes in states like Michigan, for example. Do you think this is willful uh, or is it naive? What exactly is this, this, this dual-headed foreign policy in which we seem to be on both sides of what's happening in the Middle East. 
Well, look, I, I don't know, you know, the Obama administration, and I think we're in part two of the Obama administration, they've always had a an a inexplicable love affair uh, with Arab nations. I mean, remember, there's 57 Arab nations, there's 156 Christian nations, there's only one Jewish nation. So, you know, Obama, you know, kicked off his whole, uh, you know, presidency with his, uh, his Cairo speech. So there, there's been this 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 love affair and and this determination to check american power and certainly you know that hand in hand with that is uh the power of israel and that's what they see themselves doing as to uh you know courting votes you have a very good uh perspective there and i think that's what's going on looking at north carolina there's 0.47% of the population or roughly 48,000 jewish people here in north carolina there are 150,000 Arabs. And so when we look at the recent decision to kick Jews basically out of the leadership of the party in the North Carolina Democrat Party, they're not stupid. They're doing that as a, a cynical way to, to pick up votes, I'm sure. Um, and look, the Democrats have a lot to worry about. I mean, a recent poll came out and I think 17% of, of black voters prefer Trump. There are another 20% that say, I'm not going to vote, period. That's not good. Um, and then Hispanic voters are tied neck and neck. And perhaps they're looking for another voting block to pick up. I mean, because they're in real trouble right now. So there may be something to funding both sides of this war. It's deeply uh, troubling. And, you know, we don't want to fund wars. I know that, you know, we, we don't want to be helping out uh, nations that are attacked all over the world. But there comes a point when you, when if you've actually, America's actually funded this, they should certainly be backing some of the solutions to get Israel out of this. And um, I think that's what we're seeing here. Uh, what I've seen, generally speaking, is, is this administration putting limits on Israel's ability to defend themselves, telling them what weapons they can use, what targets they can hit, uh, demanding a pause, which uh, to everybody I respect in the military tells me really is just used by the radicals and the terrorists uh, to rearm and re-prepare for another round of killing. Uh, the entire thing is uh, is very disheartening, uh, but the administration appears to be so embroiled in the domestic politics of it. Uh, I, I don't understand how uh, Democrats like uh, Adam Schiff or Jerry Nadler, or Dan Goldman, uh, or others uh, cannot recognize the scourge of anti-Semitism in their in, in their own caucus and do nothing whatsoever about it. Uh, just I guess they just accept it as part of the new Democratic coalition. Uh, it, it's really kind of shocking. Uh, Sloan, I can never resist the opportunity to talk politics. Obviously, uh, if the election were held tomorrow in North Carolina. Uh, Trump versus Biden, although I don't think there's any guarantee that Biden will be the Democratic nominee. But let's say for the sake of this discussion that he will be. Um, how do you think that would go? Well, I think it's going to be Trump. It was, you know, Trump during the last two cycles um, for the very simple reason that Trump has promised, um, you know, more safety, uh, certainly as far as national security um has beefed that up very effectively we were not in wars um north carolina is unique because it's second only to texas in terms of rural population uh the rural population here 
Um, you know, they're pretty traditional in their values. Um, they're not uh, really up on Biden's constant assault on on everything that they hold dear, including uh, belief in God and, and other traditional values. So I think it's going to be Trump all the way for sure if the election were held today. Uh, do you think that uh, North Carolina will conduct a free, fair, honest and transparent election? Well, it, you know, we have some great grassroots election integrity uh, groups I respect a lot that have been working tirelessly, really, uh, since the day after the election in 2020. Um, and I have a lot of confidence in what they've done. We've had some recent laws that went into effect. Voter ID is one of them that makes it um, difficult to cheat or more difficult in these uh, mail-in ballots. Um, of course, nothing is perfect, but I can tell you, on the ground, we've been training um, poll workers to not only uh, observe what's going on, but to follow um, these votes even after you know the election day when they're being counted and so forth. So we're working hard here to secure this election. Uh, how do you think uh, Republicans should be shaping their messaging regarding issues like uh, CRT, uh, parental control of their children, uh, DEI? grooming and these other, I guess you would call them social issues, uh, in a way uh, that can help us win the elections? Well, they are. Um, you know, critical race theory is something that um, it, it depends on where you are. Um, you, you can use that messaging, you know, anti-CRT messaging to great effect um, in these rural areas. But when you get to the, uh, you know, suburban populations, look, we are hemorrhaging money through our school systems. Teachers are not being paid really um, very well here in this state and others, for goodness sake. Some of them are having to buy their own supplies in the classroom. But when we look at the budgets and the line items in these schools, we're finding um, $11 million, for instance, in one particular school district that has gone for DEI programming. And we look and we see the reading scores have also dropped precipitously within a two or three year period. So when we talk about lighting our money on fire with these DEI and CRT programs, when families can barely make ends meet here in North Carolina, the average middle-class family is paying $7,000 a year more for things like gas, food, healthcare than they were last year. I think people look at that and say, wow, our, our students are doing worse. We're paying more money. What is going on? So making the economic case um, is really going to be important going into 2024. Uh, I think you make an excellent point. Uh, let me ask you your reaction to uh, the news I spoke about earlier on the show. Uh, as you can see, uh, in numerous states, uh, the Democrats have mounted what I think are specious challenges to Donald Trump's ballot status, uh, claiming that just because, say, the Colorado Secretary of State, in their opinion, believes that Trump engaged in insurrection, absent any conviction in any uh, federal court of sedition or insurrection, uh, they seek to ban him from the ballot. To me, this is not a sign of strength. This is a sign of weakness. Uh, it looks to me like they understand that they can't beat Donald Trump at the ballot box. So they're trying to engage 
yet another layer uh, uh, in the tsunami of lawfare against him. Uh, what is your opinion of what we saw transpire yesterday in Colorado? Well, they think we're stupid. They think that we believe that the 14th Amendment is actually self-enforcing. In other words, you don't need a trial. You don't really need a serious uh, you know, accusation mounted. Um, you just need nothing more than an obscure uh, you know, legal uh, article that was written five months ago uh, in a journal. And that's what they've done. And in fact, it's kind of strange that they took the opportunity to um, overturn a district court ruling, which ruled that this was absurd on his face. Um, you know, I, I think it's, yeah, people do see through it. And I think people are struggling. As I said, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of real problems. And then we're we're focusing on this. And in fact, I, I don't think we have seen in, in modern history uh, a case that is going so fast from a state Supreme Court uh, all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, I think it's going to be what in the next uh, couple of weeks, I think, you know, January 9th, something's got to happen. And I think it's going to be very quick. Yeah, it's very interesting as you if you examine this, uh, you know, it's been a busy day, but I have had an opportunity to read some of the uh, dissenting opinions. I mean, despite the fact that you have an all Democrat Supreme Court uh, in, in Colorado, despite the fact that every member of the court was appointed by a Democrat governor, uh, you had three really, really, uh, uh, I think, strong objections uh, in the dissenting uh, opinions. Let me read uh, from uh, uh, one of them that I thought was uh, most interesting. This is from Judge Samor, a Democrat, who said the decision to bar former President Donald J. Trump, by all accounts, the current leading Republican presidential candidate and reportedly the current leading overall presidential candidate from Colorado's presidential ballot flies in the face of the due process doctrine. That's coming from a Democrat judge. That judge goes on to say uh, there was no fair trial either. President Trump was not offered the opportunity to request a jury of his peers, uh, expert uh, opined uh, about some facts uh, based on the January 6th incident uh, and theorized uh, about the law, uh, including as it relates to the interpretation and application of the 14th Amendment generally and Section 3 specifically. And the court received and considered a congressional report the admissibility, which is not beyond reproach. Again, President Trump has not been convicted of any crime. Uh, this decision is a clear violation, not only of his rights, uh, but the rights of the people of Colorado to cast their vote for Donald Trump. This is, uh, to my mind, the most egregious example of election interference we have seen yet. I think there's a high probability, uh, Sloan, I want to know what you think, uh, that this may backfire uh, in a number of ways. First of all, I suspect we're going to see another bump in Donald Trump's standing in the polls. I think he's going to increase his lead uh, over the other Republican contenders. Uh, he's going to increase his lead over Joe Biden or whichever Democrat ends up replacing Joe Biden. Uh, and secondarily, I think you'll see an infusion of small and medium-sized contributions into his grassroots-funded campaign. And lastly, if the Supreme Court decides this, uh, as the president's former lawyer, uh, Ty Cobb, said today, I think it was on Fox, uh, nine to zero in his favor, then this entire attack on Trump regarding uh, the 14th Amendment 
is dead as a political vehicle. Uh, what's your view? Well, Democrats don't know Americans very well. There's two things that that are kind of in our DNA. Number one, um, you know, we were hardwired to not like unfairness at all. We don't like to see that. So you've got independent people who are not partisan. They're not going to like that. And number two, we root for underdogs. And so when you put that into, you know, your calculus and say, hmm, how could this play out with people that just kind of tune in during the last 60 days or a month before the election? Yes, absolutely. It can make a very, very big impact. At this point, you know, mainly partisans are, are looking at this and kind of picking it apart like you and I. But I think where we're really going to see the bump and we're really going to see the, the big movers is closer to the election. Well, generally speaking, um, I'm a student of polling. Uh, I've said on this show uh, that when one looks at any given poll, uh, uh, they have to look very carefully at the methodology. By that, I mean they have to determine uh, whether the sample size is large enough to be meaningful, to see whether the sample has been drawn properly to be an accurate reflection uh, of the subset of voters, say a state, uh, or nationally, uh, that you seek to measure. Uh, the questions uh, need to be worded in a completely neutral uh, and dispassionate way. The order of the questions needs to be such that there is not what we call order bias, so that information that a voter learns before answering a question in a poll uh, is not tainted by the, by the order of the questions. That got interpreted by some crazed supporters of Ron DeSantis. Of Roger Stone says all polls are, are rigged. That, that's not what I said. It's not even close to what I said. That said, generally speaking, it's very difficult to measure things within the eye of the storm. In other words, uh, it'll be 48 hours, 72 hours before one can measure the public reaction uh, to what has transpired here. But I'm, I predicted uh, today on the Alex Jones show, I also predict here on the Stone Zone, uh, that this is going to backfire yet again, uh, as the indictment of Donald Trump did in New York, uh, as the indictment of him in South Florida did, uh, as the indictment uh, of him in Washington, D.C. did. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, uh, and then we'll be back to finish the show with my guest, Sloan Rachmuth of the Education First Alliance uh, in North Carolina. Uh, we'll be right back.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen, use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. Folks, if you're a coffee drinker, and God knows I certainly am, you should try my coffee, which you can get by going to mystore.com. And once again, uh, use promo code STONE. Uh, if you need a strong, uh, bracing, but smooth cup of coffee first thing in the morning to get yourself going, uh, my coffee is the coffee to you. If you go to my pillow, there's a link that will take you to my store, or you can go to mystore.com directly. But remember, above all, to use promo code STONE. Uh, if you're thinking about your family and friends, uh, at uh, Christmas, well, let me make a couple of recommendations. Stone's Rules, uh, my uh, book about American politics. Uh, these are the things that I have learned in 40 years in the public arena. Has a great introduction by my friend Tucker Carlson. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat uh, or even non-political. doesn't matter if your career is in academia or whether it's in retail or whether it's in tech or whether it's in, I don't know, agriculture. These are the rules of the road, kind of like Sun Tzu's uh, The Art of War or Machiavelli's uh, The Prince. I think you will find this book highly entertaining. And you can get it, uh, you can get a signed copy by going to stonesrulesbook.com, stonesrulesbook.com. Now, you could go to, I don't know, Amazon or Barnes & Noble and order it there, but you wouldn't get a signed copy. So by going to stonesrulesbook.com, uh, you can get a very personalized signed copy of the book. Well, I'll inscribe it to you personally if you ask for it. Uh, and we can get it to you before Christmas. So uh, for the uh, for the politico in your family or those just interested in how to win uh, at uh, politics, business, style, well, and life, 
go to stonesrulesbook.com. Uh, I think uh, your your friends or family members who receive this will be uh, pleased. Uh, we are going to wrap up here with Sloan Rackmuth, who uh, joins us. Uh, Sloan, you uh, mentioned uh, in the material you sent me uh, your successful efforts to stop teachers from sexually grooming school children, as well as ending the predatory practice of child sterilization and mutilation. Uh, we see this in states like California, uh, where there seems to be a, a purposeful effort to hide from parents that which is being proselytized to their children. Uh, tell us uh, what's happened in your state and how you have combated these kinds of activities. Well, we've had children as young as kindergarten be shown flashcards of pregnant males, if you can believe it. Uh, we've had, uh, through social emotional learning, that's another programming vehicle from the feds. It comes down to the state level and eventually into the classroom. Uh, it involves, at times, group discussions within fifth grade classes, sixth grade classes about uh, changes going on uh, in puberty, personal questions about parents and drug use, et cetera, during the course of a class, essentially forcing uh, children to out themselves. So we've seen these um, these sexual lessons and even books that are pornography. Uh, actually, they would be if they were actual pictures, but because they're drawn, filthy drawings of the worst kind, because they're drawn, they're somehow legally being able to be offered in the classroom. So look, we're seeing that environment in tandem with teachers being busted for uh, sexually propositioning children or possessing child porn or the worst things you can imagine and on an almost weekly basis here in North Carolina. So look, I mean, wh why wouldn't a pervert or a pedophile want to teach in these schools if it's completely fine to talk about uh, a child's sexuality or present and normalize these um, aberrant things to children. So uh, we had a parental bill of rights that passed here, which made it um, unlawful from K to fourth grade to present uh, sexual politics in the classroom. We're hoping to expand that. Uh, so we had that passed and it will be enacted uh, in January. So we're, we're looking forward to that. But there's an all, another predatory um, practice that's going on in our schools. There are clinics in our schools that prey on children who are Medicaid eligible, not only in North Carolina, but across the country. And they will use surveys that will ask three or four different times in different ways, are you questioning your, your gender? And when those children are, they will be immediately, you know, siphoned off by uh, treatment experts who will then um, start, and in this state, you are allowed to diagnose and treat children without parental consent until this bill came along. So our organization um, is, deals mainly with investigative journalism and activism. So we exposed several stories to parents and voters um, that showed how deep this stuff went. Um, and it really caused an outrage and you know, we have a Republican-controlled state house. Lawmakers rightfully became concerned, and we passed sweeping legislation which protects not only parents but children, and importantly, teachers as well in the classroom. All right, folks, you see it right there at the bottom of the screen. You can go to edfirstnc.org, edfirstnc.org. 
uh, to support the important work that Sloan is doing. Sloan Rackmuth, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on The Stone Zone. I'm going to give you the final word. Let's have it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look, I mean, it is normal to be looking at what's going on and to kind of feel defeated sometimes when you're looking at the news. But um, what we're doing does make a difference. I mean, I this weekend, this is a, a funny story, but I um, spoke with so many people while, while I was doing cardio. And I flipped seven Democrat voters who happened to be Jewish like me. Um, and and some black voters just in talking about common sense issues and letting them know that, look, yes, everything's politicized, but it's not because of us. It's because of the other side. But to combat that, we all have to come together and do things on a common sense basis and push for these common sense candidates and get us out of this lunacy. So we are winning but it starts on the the micro level. Don't always look at the macro level and do what you can do in your own little sphere of influence and it builds on itself. And we, we need to get to work, but we need to have a happy spirit about us when we're going about the work. All right, thank you again for joining us today in the Stone Zone. Uh, and folks, please go to edfirstnc.org uh, because uh, freedom isn't free. Uh, and Sloan and her organization really need your support. God bless you, my friend, and Godspeed. And thank you for entering the Stone Zone. Thank you. Folks, our audience here is really growing. I, I ask you to go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone, rumble.com slash Roger Stone, and please subscribe. Uh, we've been very pleased at the at the sharp increase in viewership, uh, but uh, it is important that you be able to keep informed. We'll let you know when we are putting on some specials and so on. So please go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone and subscribe now. In the meantime, I'm Roger Stone. This has been the Stone Zone. Special thanks to Mike Lindell and the crew at uh, frankspeech.com. God bless you and Godspeed.